1915, Bishop Herbert Berry wrote about St. Andrews. He says it is startling like, startlingly like a London suburb. But he continues, but as I saw it on Christmas Eve last year, it was Russian enough. The great courtyard was full of troikas and sledges and the clear air musical with tinkling bells as the people came driving in from far and near, clad in warm furs for the service. Well, I do see a bit of snow, but I don't see many troikas outside. But however you came, it is lovely that you are able to be here tonight. Christmas Eve is a magical night. We have gravity-defying reindeer and legends of animals that speak at midnight. But there's something very special about tonight because on this holy night, we believe that the extraordinary meets the ordinary and the ordinary touches the extraordinary. The extraordinary meets the ordinary. It is extraordinary. Prophecies that go back 2,000 years being fulfilled. Appearances of angels. Remarkable dreams. A virgin birth. An unexpected star. Visitors from a foreign land. And it's also very ordinary. It's about innkeepers and shepherds. And you can't get more ordinary than that. If I'm honest, the innkeeper is not mentioned in the story, but his inn is. But the innkeeper or two often have a role in most British, anyway, school nativity plays. I like the story told of the little boy who wanted to play Joseph but got relegated to playing the part of the first innkeeper. His only line was, no room, no room. He thought that wasn't good enough and he wanted to make his part much bigger. So when the big day of the performance came and all the mums and dads were there and Joseph knocked on the innkeeper's door and it was the moment for his big line, they asked if there was place in the inn. The boy replied, yes, of course, please come in. And shepherds come and visit, they are the most ordinary of the ordinary. People told jokes about shepherds. Jesus told a joke about a shepherd. He said there was this shepherd who had 100 sheep, and he lost one. So what he did was he left the 99 sheep to go and find the one lost sheep. And while people were still laughing at the stupid shepherd who would do that, 
Jesus turned it around and said, God is like that. Each person is so precious to God that he would leave 99 others in order to find you. Would you be able to go and get my glass of water from just the other side? Thank you. But it is about the very ordinary. There was nothing special about Joseph and Mary, a carpenter and his wife, a young couple alone, unnoticed, in a town that was full of people. And at the centre of this story is a young woman giving birth to a baby. Now I know that to the couple, and to any couple who have had a child, that is far from ordinary. But on a grand scale, 15,000 babies are born in this world every hour. On the grand scale, it is very ordinary. But on the first Christmas night, the extraordinary met the ordinary. Angels greet shepherds. A star appears to astrologers. And the eternal Son of God, the one who was there before there were any beginnings, stripped off his royal power, strips off his divine status, and in the words of St. Paul, empties himself and becomes a human. He becomes a baby born to a peasant couple. St. Augustine writes of this, Maker of the Son, he is made under the Son. In the Father he remains, from his mother he goes forth. Creator of heaven and earth, he was born on heaven and earth. He was born on earth under heaven. Unspeakably wise, he is wisely speechless. Filling the world, he lies in a manger. Ruler of the stars, he nurses at his mother's bosom. He is both great in the nature of God and small in the form of a servant. This holy night, the extraordinary meets the ordinary. The eternal Son of God allows himself to be embraced in the arms of a peasant girl. And this holy night is also about the ordinary reaching out for the extraordinary. That's why we're here. We've come to worship, we've come to hear again the message, to declare the praises of God. We, limited by space and time, have come to reach out for the one who is beyond space and time. We, who are mortal, have come to reach out for the immortal, the eternal. We've come to reach out to the one who, in choosing to be born as a human being, bestowed eternal value on each human being. God became like you. We've come to reach out to the one who was born as a human being because he loves you. Now please do not get this wrong. When I say he loves you, I don't mean he loves you like an indulgent grandfather who lets you do whatever you want. 
That's not love, actually. Real love looks at us and sees us. He sees the muck in us, the sin, the greed, the perverted, twisted desires that control us and confuse us, the bitterness and unforgiveness, the lies and deceit, rebellion and disobedience, the self-centeredness that thinks that life and everybody and everything should rotate around me. And he hates it. He hates it because it is a denial of everything that he is, because he is holy and cannot look on sin. He hates it because it destroys other people. It turns them into objects who are there to satisfy me. And he hates it because it is destroying us. It is shrinking us. It is shriveling us up, making us into nothing. And real love looks at what we were made to be and it will pay any price so that we might become what we were created to become. So in his love, he reaches out to us. He comes to live as one of us with the poorest and the lowest, to live a perfect life. He comes to die on the cross so that we can be forgiven. And now he offers to change us so that we can become beautiful on the inside and in eternity radiant on the outside so that we do not need to shrivel up and become nothing, but we can flourish and grow and become like Jesus, become like God. And we've come to reach out to the one who is Emmanuel. When God tells Joseph that Mary is going to have a baby, he says to him, he will be called Emmanuel. It means God with us. Yes, of course, God was with Mary and Joseph in an oh-so-real way. And he walked and talked and laughed and ate with his 12 disciples and many others 2,000 years ago. But Jesus has said that even though now we cannot see him, he is no less Emmanuel. He is beside you, whatever you're walking through. Speaking with somebody just before this service who is telling me how they felt abandoned by God. No, he is beside us. He is closer even than our breathing. He is with us. So when we worship, when we praise God in the carols, when we bow down and confess our sins, say he is right and we are wrong, when we hear and believe his word, we are reaching out to touch the face of the one who came to be with us. This holy night, we the ordinary are reaching out to touch the extraordinary but this holy night, something even more remarkable can happen. Forget gravity-defying reindeer. Forget speaking animals. This is the night that our deepest dreams can come true. Because this is the night when the extraordinary embraces the ordinary 
so that the ordinary can become extraordinary. This is the night when frogs and beasts can become glorious princes. This is the night when scullery maids can become radiant princesses. I know that's the language of poetry, but it's also the language of reality. When the early church fathers preached, they used a simple phrase, the eternal Son of God was born as a human baby so that human beings might become sons and daughters of God. Or as John writes even more simply, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. You can become a child of God. You can know God as your heavenly father. You can be princes and princesses of heaven for eternity. And you can have intimacy with him for eternity. And you can be changed so that you can begin to become like him. You can begin to come to know his desires and share his desires so that the prayer, your kingdom come, da really becomes your deepest desire. You can begin to see people and things and situations as he sees them. You can be filled with his love and with his mercy, with his generosity, with his goodness. And you can also begin to glimpse evidence of his work and power at work in you and through you. And it's all possible because of this holy night when the extraordinary became ordinary and lived among us. We've already sung a prayer this evening, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. That's what we need to do. As we tonight reach out to touch the extraordinary who became ordinary, so now if we wish, we need to ask him to come into us, just like we allow the bread and the wine that we will eat and drink in a few minutes to come deep into us. We need to invite him to live in us as our saviour, the one who rescues us, as our Lord, the one who we will obey, and as our friend, because then we, this holy night, we, the ordinary, can begin to become the extraordinary. May God bless you and give you great joy this Christmas time as we grow to know him and to love him. Amen.